Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Down the Rabbit Hole with Ed and John. Tonight we're um, we're going to go down Diana's rabbit hole. Mm. <laughs> good evening, John. Good, good evening, sisters. How are you? How? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Sorry, it's a week late. Um, it wasn't actually time to coincide with the coronation, but um, I had. Uh, some issues last week that I'm not going to go into. Oh, we all had issues last everybody. week, mate. <laughs> well, I've got permanent issues, but that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's worked out quite well with uh, mm-hmm. the coronation of uh, King Chucky. Um, yeah. And yeah, one of my one of my fun things for Saturdays, I'm once every hour, I'm going to post a gif and a quote from well, Diana. We're, just <laughs> we're going we're going to be live on Saturday. Because we're going to commentate on on the events, so maybe. Well, I think I'd rather listen to that than uh, yeah. listen to the actual coronation. Well, they'll, they'll send you the link, but maybe you could even pop in for five minutes. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll speak to Ben and see if we can we could we could have guests. We could have the odd guest drop in and say, "What do you think of yeah, the that, coronation?" I might, so I might even bring some custom custom. Um, chasing descent only memes with me because mm. I'll be the fun thing I'll be doing for the coronation is finding every picture that I can of uh, King Chucky and uh, giving him his right head just like yeah. I do with blackface um, the I other think, guy I think I've got a title for Saturday I'll run it by Ben first I'll not announce it here but yeah oh so um, where do we start Princess Diana yeah, right. So well, she, we've got she, some slides. She would have been a Go year on. older than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she um, was born in 1961. Yeah. Um, 12, 12 years older than I, me. I once got within about two feet of her. I was, um, was... I was down in Leicester Square, and there was a premiere going on at the cinema. And and all these people were milling about, and I goes, "What's going on then?" And they said, "Princess Diana's coming to the premiere." And I goes, "All oh, right, that would be quite quite good if I could get a photo." So I went up to the police that were there. I mean, this is in the eighties, remember? So I went up to the police that were there, flashed a warrant card, and the guy goes, "Yeah, on you go. Let me right into the press pen." So I was right in the front, oh, wow. right front and center, and um, took her photograph, her and Chucky, as they as they wandered down the line. So that was uh, that was how close I got at that point. Most so, people that I've met who've been close to her said she had this kind of aura. She's one of those people that didn't you didn't just see her, you kind of felt the presence as well. And the only person that I've been personally close to who I would say was a bit like that was um, Kenneth Cowander, KK, who was the, the president of Zambia for many many years from independence until the early 90s yeah. and he had just had this presence there was something about this person that when you when you're near them you kind of notice that this is not just your average sort of person yeah 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 i suppose um, there are some people like that i mean yeah yeah i mean it's there, there are connections back to um the episode that we did about jfk um speaking of which We've got one big connection to uh, the last episode of Down the Rabbit Hole, actually. Really? Which was the uh, oh, uh, right. Jack the Ripper one, which yeah. is this uh, 
lovely old battle axe to, to the Queen Mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two ladies that you can see in this picture are the two who arranged um, Diana and Charles's marriage. I can't Which remember I, what the other one. I, I keep it, seeing it, her name and I keep that, forgetting it. That's not the woman that got kind of suspended briefly, was it? For um, oh, what for her thing? I don't yeah, think so. The name I'm just I, I keep forgetting her name. I'm terrible with names. Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, so that's the first connection. The other connection, of course, is Diana's bloodline. Mm-hmm. Which is connected back. Yeah. Well, she's related to Winston Churchill, yeah. um, and his father, obviously Lord Randolph Churchill from uh, Jack the Ripper fame, last week. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so some some people think it was an accident, others think it was murder. Um, most people were just shocked and confused by the whole thing, um, and the media pushed the accident theory. Everybody wanted to believe the accident theory. If you ask most people, they'll say, "Oh, drunk driver." Um, well, but there's yeah. there's there's too many questions. There are I've got a list of questions that will come up in a minute. Um, but let's just start right at the beginning. Um, yeah. She was born Lady Diana Frances Spencer, um, and born in Park House on the Royal Sandringham Estate in Norfolk on the first of July, nineteen sixty-one. She was the youngest, the third and youngest daughter of Viscount Althorpe later the 8th Earl Spencer and his first wife, Frances Roche, who later became Frances Chant Kidd. Um, oh, right, yeah. Her, yeah, her parents separated when she was six. Um, that's significant for the people who are interested in the bloodlines and all of this kind of thing, because bloodlines have everything to do with not just why she, was, she married Charles, but also most likely why she was... Um, Murdered, which is my personal opinion. Mm, strong um, words. He's giving the game away right at the beginning. He's giving <laughs> the game away. Um, it, she, would she, hard, she, it would be hard not to. She was quite. Because, a, she was quite a plain-looking child, though, wasn't she? Really? Um. Yeah, she was. She had a, a kind of innocence to her. Um, yeah, but, but like also a like a swan, traumatized. You know, like a swan. She yeah. really did mm-hmm. blossom. Yeah, um, but her parents separated when she was six, which is significant mm-hmm. considering the trauma that bloodline families like to instill upon their children. Um, because it's also the age of six that the heart chakra begins to activate and when the personality kind of starts to properly be formed. Okay. Um, interestingly, there was a son born to the family before Diana, but he died in infancy, which... We'll assume that it was just something natural, but there's there's all sorts of elite blood sacrifice rituals relating to firstborn sons, and it's shocking, but when you dive down enough rabbit holes, you realise that these things pop up too frequently for them to necessarily just be something that you can dismiss. Well, now, I mean, interestingly... Strangely, no? enough, we, strangely enough, we were talking about... Um, culture the other day on one of the shows and it's like you know if you think about it everybody wants you to be inclusive of all cultures but if you think of things like mayan culture and things like that they they were right into the the old um early sacrifice of of um young people weren't they yeah and that i mean it's interesting because once you dive down 
certain rabbit holes that I don't necessarily want to talk about because you told me the channel's being monetized. Yes. So I don't, yes. I, I don't necessarily want to say certain things, but there are blood sacrifice rituals and other things from the past, both Mayan and other cultures. I mean, the Mayans are kind of well known, mm-hmm. but these things exist elsewhere. Yeah. as well um, yeah, and, and to be fair you don't actually have to go that far off piece to find you know the human race still practicing some pretty barbaric um you know some oh, yeah. pretty barbaric uh, body modifications in, in mm-hmm. the, under the guise of religion or cleanliness or whatever um, and africa springs to mind you know with female genital mutilation i mean that's just shot mm-hmm. I, I find it shocking that people could still be doing that in this day and age and and I, I do too I find it really really disturbing that anyone would could condone it you know it's just it's just bizarre it's uh, but there are people who do I mean there's I this and I, I don't I don't agree with them um and I think certain things yeah it's all right having your cultural norms but when it involves inflicting pain on children you kind of have to draw a line, yeah, in my yeah. opinion. And, uh, yeah, um, yeah, you're right, you're right. But anyway, let's get back into Diane. Yeah, no, I mean, the thing with Diane is that this stuff is all relevant um, because yeah. the thing that people have to understand is that Diana genealogically was a steward. So she was mm-hmm. um, ancestrally related to the ancient royal family yeah. of the Britons. Bearing in mind that the current royal family were called Saxe-Coburg-Gotha until the First World War. Then they decided to have to change the name to Windsor just because having a German name when yeah. you're fighting the Germans is not such a good well, PR when, image. When you're fighting your cousin, the Kaiser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I and mean, then half, half your family, I mean, uh, Edward, the, the, the one that abdicated was an open Nazi and kind of agreed with he, quite a lot of Hitler's stuff as well. So I think, you kind of... Yeah, I think you would... I think he was quite sympathetic to their cause, shall we say? Mm. Um, so there was. I, I believe that this is one of the reasons that Diana was chosen by um, her grandmother. Well, not her grandmother, but Charles's grandmother, the, the Queen Mum. Yeah, yeah. Um, because of the blood, because they they basically wanted to to bring this ancient royal bloodline, and they wanted to kind of merge the the, the blood. So to, so to be. To be blunt about it, they wanted to breed her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She even described herself as a broodmare. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was what when once um, William and Harry were born, she said that herself that Charles's attitude towards her changed completely. And once she'd produced the heir and the spare, any pretense of affection—I mean, not that there was any. Um, she's quoted as saying that when um, Charles first proposed to her, she told him she told him that he was she was really in love with him, mm-hmm. and his response was whatever love is. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, I remember. So that. yeah, and this is this is the king. This is guy being yeah. This is the the crown dude from Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and so yeah, it was it was a political marriage, mm-hmm. um, serving to introduce the Stuart bloodline into the Windsor bloodline. Um, and effectively justify it. Um, and her, it's interesting because her marriage, um, into the Royal family was kind of unique. She was only the second truly British born outsider to marry into the German 
Hanover wins a dynasty in its entire 300-year reign. So she was a true mm-hmm. Brit, born and bred, yeah. and they were all effectively ancestral Germans. Yeah, yeah. Um, was, um, was the Duke of Edinburgh, did he have some sort of Greek this... Was he of mm-hmm. he had um, a Greek connection? Greek, he? Greek yeah. German, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I mean, let's face it, the royal family is effectively. I mean, it's a European royal family, and I, they do breed amongst themselves. You know, they don't mm-hmm. really like to introduce too much um, diversity no. into the into the uh, the firm, as they call it. Absolutely. And I mean, they had their problems with, as we were talking about um, on the last show, about um, Jack the Ripper, Prince Eddie. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was mm-hmm. he was um, subnormal, as they would have said back in those days. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he had issues probably stemming from all the inbreeding. Yeah. And, and uh, the, because the Black Adder, they, had a, they, they did a whole series on... <laughs> <laughs> on the Prince Regent, didn't they? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's also, you have to, people say, oh, Diana, she was a bit of a slag and all this kind of thing. And this sort of harkens to the, the title of the podcast, which I thought was provocative and fun, so I didn't object to it. Yeah. But she was 17 when she met Charles. Yeah. yeah. And this whole thing was arranged. He was going out with her sister at the time, yeah, um, so was Victoria and the Guffrey. Whole, it was an arranged marriage. It Victoria, was like it Victoria Guffrey was seventeen, which you meant Prince Andrew. <laughs> yeah, let's. I thought you said the show was being monetized. Sorry, dude. it probably won't Hello. be. Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not, I only stated a right, fact. So I only stated a fact. Well, no, you were stating facts. There's just nothing wrong with facts apart from yeah. keep checking them. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I was alive back in the eighties, mm-hmm. and the picture on that you can see on the left of Charles and Diana it was one of the most famous pictures that's yeah. ever been taken back then. I mean, it was everywhere, magazine covers. I mean, it was it was like Star Wars on a merchandise level. It was it was yeah. that big. Um, and from Diana's perspective, it was all she'd met Prince Charming and she was going to marry into the royal family. Oh, and Charles was in his 30s, by the way. Yeah, he was. Yeah. That, that's yeah. the other thing. So there was yeah. there was a, a big age gap between oh, them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yes, <laughs> so there's that too, which if you if you dial the ages back like five years, mm-hmm. He would have been in his mid twenties, and she would have been in her mid teens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. yeah. Okay, let's let's just not go down that rabbit hole. Um, Diana quoted herself. This is I can't remember which book it was from, um, but she said he found the virgin, the sacrificial lamb, uh-huh. and in a way he was obsessed with me. But it was hot Diana cold, quoted hot herself. You knew what mood it was going to be. Up and down, up and down. He was in awe of his mama, intimidated by his papa, and I was always the third person in the room. Um, she gave birth to William, the couple's first child, Prince of Wales now, mm-hmm. um, through an induced birth on the 21st of June, 1982. Now, the official palace explanation for why the birth was induced was because it had to fit around Prince Charles's polo schedule. <laughs> and I'm just, I just I I left to pause there just for so, people to contemplate that. Well, if we um, think it, if we think about, and and obviously I'm no um, no expert on maternity, but generally, generally the first 
the first one, if it's going to be late, it's going to be in the first one that's late. And one to two weeks isn't unusual. So whereabouts was she? Was she due or was she thereabouts I'm, due? Or I'm not entirely bring it sure. Right, I'd have okay. to. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'm sorry. I didn't actually yeah, think yeah. to research that. Yeah, you. you um, what's there. more significant is that the 21st of June is obviously the summer solstice, uh-huh, which is, is yeah. a massively important occult date. Um, and then shortly afterwards, Harry came along, um, and they've always been joked about as the heir and the spare. We're not yeah. going to go into. I mean, Harry's kind of. Well, Given I tell you he's what, in the news, and I don't want to get sued by well, Megan. No, um, we could we could do a whole rabbit hole on her. Yeah, on his but, own. but we'll 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 kind of leave the the pictures of if you put a picture of Harry, Charles, and James Hewitt oh, in a <laughs> you'll kind of yeah, you'll start. But then, yeah. was she was that really what was going on? I do sometimes wonder about it because I'm not. I'm not convinced I mean, that I think I think it was until no, I think on. William is definitely Charles's. Um, the thing is, but was she? Because it wasn't until Harry was born that they they basically started to kind of shun her. Yeah, um, and that was kind of her turning point as well, realizing that holy moly, these people really don't care about me at all. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so after Harry's born, all the pretense of love is pretty much gone, and he's back with um, Queen Camilla, who I don't particularly want her as queen, but let's just not go there either. Um, and one has to wonder whether Charles's affection were, was actually genuine from the beginning. Well, um, I, th- I think Charles has—he's um, had a long-standing friendship with Camilla, hadn't he? Even before Diana came on the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, at one point, Diana um, and Camilla actually had lunch and stuff. I mean, there's, I don't know how many people who are listening have seen The Crown, um, but that actually deals with some of the historical points in the most recent series. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the thing with Diana was that she was very... Um, let's just pop the next picture up. That's... The wedding with Diana's side of the family on the far, the, the bottom right is Earl Spencer. Um, next to that, his second wife, who Diana didn't get along with at all and mm-hmm. had a massive go out one night accusing her of being the most evil person in the world. Charles, who all you can really see is the ears. <laughs> and then, yeah, the current Earl Spencer is top, uh, second from top right. Um, yeah. And yeah, Diana's brother, obviously. Um, that's think, Diana with her mother. Yeah. Um, and a handsome woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is obviously William and Harry. Yeah. Um, yeah. At a younger age. Um, and I think that she, part of the issue that I think part of her falling out with the family was her insistence on trying to raise her boys as as normal kids as possible um and there's all i mean there's loads of stuff that's been written about some of the things that she used to do with them to try and make them feel a bit normal well um just one of the things that's always stuck in my mind is a story about her um they were going to go out for ice cream and so she got them all kind of camouflaged up with the sunglasses and stuff 
um, and she she'd forgotten some money, and she she said to them, "Oh, I, I've forgotten the grannies because with the kids, I don't know if this is true or not." But she used to refer to uh, pound notes as grannies. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh... <laughs> Which is kind of what you yeah. would do with your kids if you if their grandmother is the queen. Um, but yeah, I think she fairly quickly realised after Harry was born that the fairy tale was done, and she was effectively being treated as an interloper. Yeah. Um, well, and... if you if you watched, well, I don't know if you got to see the pre-roll, but there was footage of them at Chessington and. I mean, she looked. She, she genuinely looked like she was having fun with them there. You know, just a a fairly regular family at, at that yeah. point in time. Although Charles is nowhere to be seen. There's some kind of equerry or protection guy and the teacup with them when they're on the waltzer. You know, but um, that may well have been Barry Manicky. He actually comes into the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. In a in a while. Um, but obviously, after the um, after Diana and Charles kind of started growing apart, let's say in polite terms, mm-hmm. um, the full force of the royal propaganda machinery was unleashed on her, um, and there was accusations of unfaithfulness. I mean, a, a lot of the the stories about her being a tart and this and that were some of them were true because she definitely had some affairs but she's human so you can't she had on I mean leads. the husband the husband's cheating on her she had on um, and yeah absolutely um and i think for the most part she did it really discreetly um but also they the the the, the propaganda and the press and and the sort of briefings were effectively trying to blame her for the disintegration of the marriage when it was actually Charles's fault um yeah. And they painted her as a crazy person. And I mean, she'd struggled from, uh, she'd struggled with bulimia for years, pretty much since she'd realized that um, Charles, <laughs> the whole thing was probably a really bad idea. And there's, there's actually a, um, a quote from her sisters where she went just before the wedding, she went to her sisters and said, oh, I don't think I can go ahead with this. And they literally turned around to her and said, "Look, love, your name's on all the, you're on all the tea towels, you're on all the, the cups, and everything. It's too late. You can't, you, you can't, can't back out now. Can't back out now. What are we going to do with like all this. these bloody mugs? Yeah, you, you can't, you can't have the, the the royal bride not turning up for the royal wedding. Yeah. That would have been. I mean, it, oh, it probably been. would have been the biggest news of all time if that happened. Diana, she, she's in a." And an MG headed for Dover. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off. Um, and yeah, there was there was there was yeah. reports that she was having um, an affair with her um, security guard, a guy called Barry Manicky, which who I yeah. think, but don't quote me, may well have been the guy that she was pictured of in the teacup. Because I mean, obviously they spent a lot of time together. Okay, I'm not um, sure because and... the guy in the teacup wasn't very bro. No, um, and Manicky was actually killed in a road traffic accident. He was oh. uh, beheaded on a motorcycle. Ah, right, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and shortly after, yeah, that was shortly afterwards, after the the affair was kind of discovered, um, and Charles cruelly and sarcastically broke the news to her by saying with a smirk before she even knew of his death, shame about poor Barry. Um, and she's reported to one of her... Th- therapist ladies who 
gave some interviews afterwards who said that Diana said that she was crying hysterically and I said what's the matter uh, Diana said I can't believe it she sobbed they killed him they've killed him and I said who did they kill and she told me that he Barry had been decapitated on his motorbike and how she thought at first it was a terrible accident, but now she knows that the royal family killed him because Prince Charles' detective just told her that if she didn't cool it with Hewitt, the same would happen to him. He told her that she would not, she should not think that she was indispensable either. So, yeah. Now. Yeah. Ooh. So this is this is the preamble. To, Diana's crash. This was basically where she was at. I mean, she was also um, she'd been doing campaigns um, against landmines, and yep. I think yeah, that I remember this that. contributed to her death because <laughs> nobody messes with the military-industrial complex in a no. serious way, in the kind of way that she because she could get a, she could get a hundred paparazzi and cameras on her just by making one phone call. Yeah, and she she could be literally taking her neighbor's dog for a walk, and yeah. scooping up dog poo, and there would be two hundred paparazzi around her taking pictures of Diana scooping up dog poo. Um, the other big thing, which is kind of relevant to today, is her involvement with um, the AIDS crisis, which. Mm -hmm. Again, it's a whole nother rabbit hole. But I, I saw this picture when I was looking through material for the slides, and it kind of demonstrates to me, you can just see the, the sort of humanity and the sort of person that she is. Could you honestly imagine Charles or the late Queen or Camilla or any of them, maybe William and Harry, um, no. sitting in bed with someone who's no, I can't, I can't theoretically... Imagine. I can't imagine William or Harry doing it. I think Harry's a bit of hey, William's a bit of a cold fish. I really do. I think I, think I, I like suspect that's father. also because of the yeah. I I think part of Diana's death was also done to traumatize her sons. I think. Well, I think that allegedly. But, um, <laughs> well, but well, no, obviously, allegedly, all of this is yeah. just well, this is just speculation. Nobody sue me, please. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it, this is, is all speculation. It's speculation. But surely we're allowed to have our opinions and we're allowed to examine the facts and and um, hearsay and, and determine, because we're all adults, surely we're allowed to determine what we think is right or not. But I was, I was looking at looking at her sitting there with that guy in that bed. It's like um, she looks genuine, you know? She really looks genuine. She looks genuine. like a person who cares about yeah. other people. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Um, so she was a threat. I mean, she was a threat to a lot of people. She was a threat to the royal family. She was a threat to the military industrial complex. Um, she was a loose cannon as well. And she was popular before the internet. Yeah, which... well, yes, yeah, she, she's like, um, she was your original influencer, wasn't she, really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you can only imagine how many Twitter followers or Instagram oh, followers she would yeah. have had. Yeah, <laughs> she, I mean, she, 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 yeah. She'd put these, um, she'd put these Logan Pauls and that into like uh, into the back seat. She really would. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so she she basically started this affair with Mohammed um, Fayed's son Dodi, mm -hmm. yeah. which uh, I was having issues with the labels on the slides. So there we go. There's Mohammed and Dodi Fayed, yeah. and yeah. Dodi was uh, daddy's boy. He basically did everything his his father told him to. 
Yeah. Um, and he was actually going out with a Hollywood actress, Kelly something or other. Kelly LeBrock? Um, no, not that one. Um, Brooke or Smith or oh, something. Kelly, um, Kelly Brooke? Possibly. But they were in a... I mean, and Dodie, if anyone doesn't know him, was the guy who produced Chariots of Fire, which oh. is pretty much his only claim to fame, apart from banging Diana. Yeah. Um, and And... I mean, Al Fire. I don't know if you're going to touch on it, but Al Fayed has, has, he he did nothing but try and become a British citizen for years and yeah. years and years, and and ingratiate himself. And he was sponsoring polo matches, and he he wanted in to the British establishment, and he didn't get there, did he? Um, no, despite sacrificing his eldest son. Yeah. Which I shouldn't laugh, but it, it's it's kind of how how these sick people actually work. Um, and so Diana and Dodie ended up in Paris on a fateful night. I can't actually remember what the date was now. Um, but there are some really interesting questions about the crash because I think enough of the preamble. Let's let's get to the meat and potatoes of the episode. Um, First of all, security was changed at the last minute because of a massive crowd of paparazzi. Mm -hmm. Now, you have to bear in mind that Diana's movements were and security were entirely controlled by Mohammed Al-Fayed. He was the, basically the one yeah. that was calling the shots. Yeah. Um, there was talk about an announcement of a marriage. Dodi had gone out to buy a ring and somehow notice leaked to the press that there was going to be some sort of marriage announcement relating to, to Diana which at the time, you, I mean, paparazzi would have been flying in mm -hmm. from yeah. anywhere they could to be there. Yeah. Um, and so there was a massive crowd of paparazzi outside the Ritz. They were due to go out for dinner, decided not to go out for dinner, um, and then essentially got in the Mercedes. In There was a Mercedes brought round the back. Yeah. Uh -huh. They jumped in that, drove off, and the rest is history, as they say. Um, so the big questions, because I'm going to kind of go through it a and, bit. And before we go through these questions, yeah, have you verified that these that anything said in these questions are are fact, or if they are not, can you point out well they may be allegations or and or suppositions? They are, they are all they're not allegations because mm -hmm. to say. The only, well, I'm not making any allegations against anyone. Okay, I'm yeah, okay. Out, but outlining right, so, a bunch of theories. Yeah, so... Like, um, and the, the questions are also, for anyone who's interested, who hasn't researched this already, um, the questions are a starting point for people to do their own research. Okay. Because yeah. as with all of these rabbit holes that we investigate, um, part of the reason why I like doing this, these is to give uh -huh. people a bit of an overview of the yeah. stuff that I found and encourage them to, to open their eyes a bit more and go off and do a bit of reading. I mean, there are untold books um, relating to Diana. If people want to hear some of my favorites, just uh, shout me out on Twitter or something like that. And I'm more than happy to talk to people yeah. about it. Okay. Um, but these are all, it's all speculation. Anything... Uh, I, I can't back anything up with facts. I've just got what I think is a common sense kind of okay. what is going on here right. type of okay, let, attitude. Are, are we going to go through these questions then? Or? 
Um, yeah, I'll go through them really quickly, right. um, and then we can we can go into a little bit more um, detail. Um, I mean, essentially, what happened was they got into the car, sped off on a really kind mm-hmm. of crazy route, um, which is part of the part of the question. So, just quickly, there was no security on this car. That I mean, normally, when someone important like Diana's traveling, you have at least one other vehicle mm-hmm. that will have security medical equipment, whatever emergency supplies they might need, and is also a chase car. Um, And generally speaking with Diana, they'd have motorcycle outriders as well, where you have two guys either side, two policemen. Uh, Mohamed Al-Fayed had actually refused offers from the French protection police because they they contacted him saying, look, Diana's in town, let us give you some help. Mm -hmm. And he said no. Um, I've got a map in a minute that will show you the absurd route that they took, which okay. ended up taking them through the Pondama Tunnel. Um, this is one of the big ones. There's 17 cameras, CCTV cameras on the route that their car took. They were all switched off. And the so, lights in the tunnel well, switched they, off just before the car got okay, to the tunnel. Okay, were the cameras switched off or did they fail? It's never been explained. Right, okay. To suffice it to say, they weren't working. The, uh, yeah. Which is interesting all, about CCTV cameras. Yeah, all 17 of them. And they were also the only cameras in Paris at the time that weren't working. <laughs> okay. So it could be that they were switched off. It could be that some mm-hmm. camera gremlin kind of decided to take them over. don't know. There was also an interesting report from a guy um, in one of the Diana books. I can't remember off the top of my head which one. Um, and he was uh, one of those people who habitually listens to police radio frequencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was basically sitting listening to the police radio. Um, and there was a 20-minute blackout between 12.20, which is when Diana and Dodie actually left the Ritz in the Mercedes, which is also numerologically a fairly significant set of numbers. Um, and 12.40, which is when the accident happened, 20 minutes later. Um, the big- official... That's a big blackout for a city mm-hmm. the size of Paris. Yeah, the guys. The guy basically said it all went quiet for twenty minutes, and then suddenly, when it came back, everything was exploding with all the police asking what what was going on and that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, Henri Paul, who's he's basically the guy that's being blamed. He's the official. He's the official narrative. He's the patsy. Yeah. Yeah, he's the patsy. Allegedly. Um and. <laughs> The question, there's a lot of questions about him. First of all, why was he chosen to drive the car? He wasn't uh, a driver um, by trade. He was um, Mohammed Al-Fayed's security chief. Mm-hmm. He didn't work for the limo company who supplied the, the Mercedes. And there's a lot of questions about that Mercedes as well. One that I forgot to ask, put in the list, which is um, when Mercedes actually offered to examine the car, um, the French told them, no. No. Yeah. Why would you not? I mean, because the, the, the car failed spectacularly. It didn't. Mercedes is are not supposed to. Uh, they're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Kind of swerve completely out of control. Um, but obviously, people are saying that the the Henri Paul was drunk. Uh-huh. But when they tested, he his blood was three or four times the um, alcohol limit. So he should he should not have been walking straight. Okay. He should have been slurring. He should have been 
visibly drunk to the people around him to the point where you would not get into a car with someone that smelt of that much booze. But more significantly and more interestingly, and which has never really been explained, is his levels of CO2 in his blood. Yeah. Um, Hang on, is it CO2 or carbon? Carbon Uh, monoxide or carbon dioxide? I think it might be carbon monoxide. I think that's that's my bad. Um, I think that's a mistake on my part. Yeah, Yeah, but his his carbon monoxide levels were so high that he, he shouldn't really have even been able to stand up. And, and he wouldn't have had enough control of his senses right, so, to so we have to th- We have to think then, I mean, because you saw Henry Paul leaving in the CCTV from the hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've got some, and, I, and I have he, some slides. He was walking fine, yeah. Um, he went okay. through revolving doors without going round them twice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got out there and he got in the car and he drove away. And and we can assume that that all happened. So, for his carbon monoxide to be that high, then one has to question the results of the medical examiner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that picture that you see top right, that's yeah. one of the last pictures yeah. that was taken of them when the car stopped. Um, and the guy who took the picture was a paparazzi called Ruard Rat. Which wow. I've always just thought was it's like Roland, Ro- Roland Rat. It's just <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like Roland Rat. The paparazzi. Any relation to Rishi Sunak? <laughs> um, but there are. I mean, I, I I don't generally like linking videos into the slides because it causes technical issues. But if people yeah. go online to YouTube, you'll find videos of um, the CCTV footage of Diana and Dodie and Henri yeah. Paul and Trevor Reese Jones um, walking to the car. And that does not look like a drunk person. And they're all on that sorry. left. They're all on the left yeah. together. You'd and think that if he if he was four times over the yeah. alcohol limit, you'd be like, "Whoa, he, he's not driving." People, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there's also a lot of questions about Henri Paul. There's a missing three hours between seven p.m. and ten p.m. Mm-hmm. on the the night of the accident, where his whereabouts have not been adequately explained. Um, he had multiple bank accounts. And when I say multiple, like seven or eight. Don't we all? With different amounts of money. I mean, he was earning <laughs> like 25, 30,000 pounds a year at that point. Yeah, okay. Um, and there's there's stories that he was connected to MI6. I mean, there's there's been loads of this stuff in the papers over the years. Yeah. Um, and uh, Patsy, you said it, you said it correctly yourself. Um, and where are we with the slides? That's um, Trevor Reese Jones. Mm-hmm. He was Diana's bodyguard. Is that? Um, he was that's also the after only person. The accident. That's them recovered, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And the only reason he survived is because he had a seatbelt on. Now, when this picture was taken, none of them had seatbelts on. No. But hey, it was when it was they crashed. Great. He didn't. He didn't have one on when he got in the car. And the normal procedure for security is that they don't have the seatbelt on because they need to be able to move around in case something happens. What? Um. What? When did they die? What was the date of death? Ninety. Was it ninety something? Uh, hang on. Seventeen. It was nineteen ninety. Hang on a minute. Ninety-seven. No. Yeah, it was something. I think it was ninety-seven. Let me just. Sorry, I'm useless. That's all right. Live people, we're all on the fly. This is happening. 
Yeah. As we go out, August 31st, 1997. Yeah, right, okay. Um, My memory's still working. I'm not Joe Biden yet. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, right. So they started off in at the Ritz, which is in the um, quite a a significant um, location in Paris. The, The uh, what is it called? The Place de Vendôme, I think. Mm-hmm. Surrounded by all sorts of weird imagery and stuff like that. Um, Diana, also the name of the Moon Goddess. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And the Pont d'Armar is Passage of the Moon Goddess. Uh-huh. Okay. Which is what the the name means, and it's also an ancient. Um, the 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 site that she died is equally interesting. Um, there, because it that. was the sacred site in an ancient temple of the goddess Diana, mm-hmm. and it was also used for human sacrifice and ritual murder. Um, it had been a pagan sacrificial site in the time of the Merovingian kings, um, and was an underground chamber. Um, was it? So my question is: Was that deliberate? Because when you look at the route, oh, that's the accident. There's the route. Right. So what, what, show me the right, route. So Let's, here's, here's, where are we here's going? the route now. They had to get from the Ritz mm-hmm. to Dodi Al Fayyad's apartment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And earlier in the day, when they'd they'd gone from his apartment to the Ritz, yeah. they'd gone down the Champs Elysees. Yeah, nice direct what, straight line route. But what and, time is it now? What time is it when they leave the Ritz? Uh, twenty minutes past twelve at, uh, at night. So twenty past midnight. Okay. So the roads would have been quiet. Now, for some inexplicable reason. Have you ever driven? Chose, have you ever been in Paris? I've been to Paris, but I've never driven that particular route. Yeah, but the roads are never quiet in Paris. <laughs> That's true. It's a bit I like mean, London. I actually but... did. Yeah. Um, in a minute, because there's also questions about how she, how why it took so long for her to get to the hospital after the accident. Okay. Um, but the route that they took to start with makes no sense. Yeah, because from really... any any kind of reasonable driving perspective if you're trying to outrun paparazzi and you need to get from a to b really quickly why would you take this massively circuitous route just doesn't make any sense at all because they went down through um the plastal martano yeah um, and to then get to dodi fire's well, apartment they would have oh, had to go okay, all yeah, the way i mean it I was can, like yeah the scenic I, route i can see that having said that right if if you're trying to throw people off, you might go the wrong way to let people think that you weren't going to his apartment. And then you might find that the road that they were on, that the one that goes underneath, you know, through the tunnels and all that, is a faster road than the Champs-Élysées because that's, that's speed limited, whereas that one looked it's like possible. it was more of a dual cabbage way. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, it's these are all interesting questions. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean the, 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 there might be a reason why they were going that route. Maybe, maybe she wanted a kebab or something. You know, <laughs> it's yeah, but you, yeah, it, it's possible. It's possible. Um, but when they basically got to the tunnel, there's witness reports of um, a very, very bright flashing light of some sort of strobe, mm-hmm. um, and the car somehow hits the 13th pillar, um, which obviously is a significant number. And it was also, uh, Diana had an issue with 13. The fact she had a, a sale of old clothes at 
Christie's or Sotheby's the same year that she died, mm. and she'd refused to allow a 13th lot in the auction. Um, and so, yeah, she didn't like the number 13. Yeah, well, the, Ch- the Chinese do that all the time. They never have a 13th floor. I mean, I sure. lived on a... But there was a lot of pillars. Why Why did the car just happen to hit the 13th? Well, oh, I mean, it seems a bit... That, that's just coincidence. Come on, Ed. Mm. I mean, yeah. let, <laughs> let, let, let's, let's be sensible here. I mean, if you're... Um, the car's travelling at speed, right? And it's obviously out of control, or even if it's not out of control, even if the guy's deliberately going for pillar 13, I challenge you to be able to hit that, you know? Um, yeah, I agree. The, the car itself's interesting, because did you know that the Mercedes that they were in, um, it was a, I think it was an E-Class, mm-hmm. so it was a lot lighter than the Mercedes, the sort of big... Oh, the um, S-Class. Yeah. Um, E-Class is still a big car, though. Yeah, no, it's still... I mean, it's still a big, fast car, but it was. It had been stolen a few weeks before. That car had been... Yeah, the car... That actual car. That actual car had been stolen from Etoile Limousines, Uh who were the... um, They were basically the Ritz Limousine Company, also owned by Mohammed Al-Fayed. Right, Okay. Well, Um, that, 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 That then explains why Henry could drive it, because basically it's his boss's, it's his boss's car. Oh, no, absolutely. But he yeah. wasn't, the, the, the limousine was, company found it strange yeah. that, that he wasn't, that it wasn't one of their drivers chosen, because that wasn't how it normally yeah. did. All I'm saying with that is that, yeah, I mean, Mohammed Al-Fayed could have had Donald Duck drive the car if he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it was, it was a break in normal procedures which I find telling. Um, and But it, it had basically been stolen. And mm-hmm. so when it was recovered from the theft, the, the theft it had to go undergo um, extensive repairs. And it had supposedly been standing outside a restaurant. The driver's door was flung open and the, the chauffeur pulled out by three Arabic-speaking men with handguns. The vehicle was missing for two weeks, and when it was found, the wheels were missing, the door ripped off, and the electronic system and equipment controlling the braking system had gone. This The, the car basically would have been written off by an insurance company. Uh-huh. Um, but that kind of suggests a cover for some sort of equipment being installed or something else happening it's to that possibility, car. possibility, I suppose. It's... It, it's. I mean, this is this is rabbit hole territory. So yeah, but you. I mean, but then you're 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 having to put. I mean, how many cars has this limousine company got, right? How do you make sure that car gets delivered to the Ritz on the night that Diana and Dodie want to go from point A to point B? How do you're you? Con- know, there's an awful lot. If you're lot in control of, of all of the companies, absolutely. But so you're. But these, you're saying these things are planned out. Are you saying Alpha I mean, it's and on it? Uh, well, that's speculation. That, that would some, be speculation, you, yeah. I mean, he was the one that was in control of all of the security. He was the one that had arranged uh, Dodie and Diana to meet in the first place. He was mm-hmm. the one that had effectively ordered Dodie out of one relationship into another. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was absolutely paranoid about his own security. This is why the change in security procedures was my number one question in the list because whenever, I mean, Mohammed Al-Fayed, when he goes around Harrods, I don't know if he still owns it, but when he, he obviously used to own Harrods yeah. and he would have two layers of security. He'd have his immediate guards yeah. 
and then there would be people that were dressed just like normal panthers yeah, yeah. that were were tooled up to the max that were just kind of there in case something happened so he was completely paranoid he used to every everything was bugged so diana would have been listening been listened to the entire time that she was in the presence of dodi most likely yeah yeah and then we go back to why why did they refuse to allow mercedes to examine the car i, I always found that one um very dodgy um, yes yes that is a bit strange and I've, I've sort of started going on the subject of the Merovingians and because Diana's Stuart bloodline through her, theoretically, she could trace her lineage back to the, Merovingi the Merovingians. And they have a whole very interesting series of um, just rituals. And there's all connections to back to Jesus and all kinds of stuff. Um but the, this, you, you can't deny that the location of the crash is significant. Um, next thing that's interesting. So the crash has happened. There's been a flash of light. There's talk of there was a, a white um, Fiat Uno that yeah. had theoretically been involved in the collision in some way that then drove off at high speed. There's a few witness reports. There are some very early news reports that essentially got deep sixed and and they were never seen again mm -hmm. um and sorry i've just lost my place in my notes right yeah going back to the car the the head of security for fiad had said they wouldn't have had time to check the car out and it should have been checked out there could have been a bomb in it it was just a ridiculous plan um and there's all sorts of reasons why you wouldn't you wouldn't do that mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. Um, where's this? There we go. This is the side. Fletcher Prouty, this is someone that we talked about a bit during the JFK episode. Um, and this is it's a key rule for me when investigating rabbit holes, assassinations particularly. It's not about who could do it or why they did it or what happened or anything like that, but who has the power to cover it up, call off the normal security and to ensure that the people who are responsible get away. Mm -hmm. um, right, next slide. So Diana's basically, she's pissed the royal family off with the Bashir interview. Um, yeah, yeah. We've got Trevor Rees-Jones. Hang on, sorry, I'm just cycling through these slides. Oh, there we go. Right. So the next big issues are about what happened after the crash. So the crash has happened. Whatever caused it, we, mm -hmm. we're just sort of speculating. Yep. Yep. And witnesses report that um, they saw a woman getting up and into an ambulance. Um, Diana was basically, she, there was a, a doctor who happened. Uh -huh. She was a, a French um emergency doctor who was driving through the tunnel in the opposite direction um at the time that the accident happened dr frederick malay um and he had an american friend by the name of mark butt with him as well which is an interesting name and they just happened to be there it's um, the name for the simpson doesn't it? 
Uh, it really is. Um, and, and yeah, they, they were there in the aftermath of the crash, and he reports it at about 12.25 a.m., um, and by 12.26, Dr. Mayer said he'd um, seen the crash Mercedes, stopped his car, turned on the warning lights, run across the Mercedes to establish there were two people dead and two alive. Uh -huh. um, he phoned for the emergency services, but he's one of 160 Parisian doctors, or who at the time, um, who are on constant call for emergencies. So they're basically uh -huh. just roving doctors. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and he treated accident, uh, accident victims loads because he'd also been part of the French emergency ambulance service. Um, but a doctor on constant call for emergencies said all he had in his car to help Diana was an oxygen cylinder and mask. Um, but he was in control of Diana for... 15 to 20 minutes before the emergency, um, the ambulance oh. turned up. So, so we've only had word to say that it was mm -hmm. oxygen. And, and, he's, and he's also contradicted himself as well. He claimed initially that Diana didn't say anything to him. Um, but then he talk, told the, the, the Times newspaper that apparently repeatedly she, she said that she hurt as he put a resuscitation mask over her mouth. Um, and Trevor Reese-Jones, bodyguard, also said that he has flashbacks of hearing a female voice calling out the back of the car. First, it's a groan, then Dodie's name was called, and that can only be Princess Diana's voice, and that was, he told yeah. that to the, the Daily Mirror. Yeah. Now, there, were pictures, a, there were pictures circulating around at the time, right? Yes. Um, I did. Let me just go through the sides. Like I said, I had some issues. That was the car. Yeah, there's bottom uh, bottom left. Yeah. That supposedly is the last picture I've taken of Diana when she was alive. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there, there, there were pictures circulating around at the time that purported to show her in the car when she was still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's also... There was, um, some uh where is that a little bit all over the place i'm afraid um there was basically some eyewitness reports from people who'd been happened to be at the mouth of the tunnel they're the same people who reported the the massively bright flash of light which theoretically could have blinded the, the driver of the car um and caused him to lose control of said vehicle um yeah. And and they basically say that that she was alive, yeah. Um, and and also the there was a medic um, who said that the princess was conscious and had her eyes open as he pulled her from the Mercedes, um, and said she suffered cardiac arrest as he was placed on the stretcher. Mm. Um, th there is reports saying that she was trapped, which is why. Um, it took so long. Um, well, having said that, looking at the vehicle, right, it's all front-end impact. The the back of the car and the rear passenger mm -hmm. compartment looks fine. Yeah, and if, if, you, if you look at the... I mean, the, the, well, one of the big tells us the door is open, right? The door's not been cut open. The door is open, right? Now, to open the door, the frame's got to be in the right shape. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, if you look at the front, there's there's some pictures of the front of the car. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's at the panel where you can actually see it. I mean, it's because yeah. yeah, they're they're designed so that the engine kind of yeah. I mean, they're designed to to, to have an impact like that. So that it keeps, yeah, mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, but there was a massive delay in taking Diana to hospital. Um, and supposedly the official explanation is that she was trapped in the wreckage. Um, but that's complete nonsense because one of the ambulance crew told French newspaper La Parisienne that when he arrived, Diana was lying with most of her body out of the car with her legs resting on the rear seat. She was agitated, semi-knocked out, but conscious. She was groaning and struggling feebly. Mm-hmm. Um, she murmured, oh, my God, several times. Diana was moved from the car shortly after the fire service arrived, and the excuse of her being trapped just doesn't stand up to any close scrutiny at all. No, um, no. Another excuse for the delay is that the emergency doctors had to give her a blood transfusion, which is also complete nonsense because the the French emergency, well, emergency services teams tend not to carry blood transfusion equipment around because they'd have to figure out what the blood type was. Well, you, you can't just... You, you could give plasma, but you couldn't give any, you couldn't give mm-hmm. or you could give saline or something, but you can't you can't give someone a blood transfusion on the in the field unless you know what blood group they are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then when the ambulance eventually did leave the tunnel, the driver was ordered to go no faster than twenty five miles an hour, um, and some reports say it took as long as forty minutes to cover three point seven miles. To no. La Petite Oh, I'm sorry, French people. I can't say that. minutes. Uh, yeah, and they if come you look off three miles. Uh huh. Even yep. at 25 miles an hour, you're going to be there in in 10 minutes. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I did this uh, Google. Uh, it was just like a Google directions thing. Yeah. And this was done at about one o'clock in the afternoon, so not at. Uh, midnight or whatever uh-huh and that was 28 minutes and that's rush hour yeah yeah that's that's google red basically um so what happened there and also if you look on this map i've i've added other hospitals that were closer so you can see there's at least three or hospitals that they could have gotten to quicker yeah yeah um, and so she'd arrived, she arrived at the hospital at 10 minutes past two in the morning, which is an hour and 45 minutes after the crash. Right. Which is just absurd. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just from, by any medical standards whatsoever, even in the nineties, that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, we, we knew about the golden hour then as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so waiting at the hospital, there was a surgical team um, headed by Professor Bruno Ryu, who is the duty surgeon, um, who were told first heard about the crash whilst he was on his rounds, um, which is kind of strange because he was a renowned senior surgeon doing his rounds at two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and waiting with him when Diana arrived was Professor Pierre Coriat, who was the head of anaesthetics, no. Professor Alain Pavie. No. who's a, chart, a chest and heart specialist, <laughs> and Professor Pierre Benazet, who is another experienced surgeon. No. And they'd been in telephone communication with the emergency team in the tunnel throughout. Um, and we are told opened Diana's chest cavity, repaired the artery, battled to save her for an hour and a half before admitting defeat. Um, which is remarkable because the autopsy report shows that Diana was clinically dead at 12.45am while still lying in the tunnel. 
So she was clinically dead for an yeah. hour and 25 minutes before she even arrived at the hospital and for three hours before the professors walked out of the operating theatre to announce that she died. Um, now, having the body examined at a location under the control of the perpetrators is absolutely vital if you're going to assassinate someone and get away with it. Yeah. And and if you remember back from our JFK yeah, yeah, episode, mm-hmm. similar stuff. Um, now, Paris, just uh, as a little aside, um, is once you start examining assassinations, it becomes very clear that Paris is a kind of favorite place for rich people or important people to get assassinated, mm-hmm. particularly the ones where it, it's an internal thing. For example, um, Amschel Rothschild, who was um, from the English branch of the Rothschild family, was murdered in Paris in 1996 um, in what many claim to have been another inter-elite war. Yeah. Obviously, there have been loads of those um now richard hold on obviously <laughs> well these i've uh, never I, heard I, of an inter-elite war what <laughs> it's just another rabbit hole that we need to open up for another date <laughs> well there's there's there, there's plenty of arguments that yes absolutely there are these elite wars because we like to think of this <laughs> we have this Hollywood has trained. I know, but Hollywood has trained mind. us to have. <laughs> well, that's the whole point of the rabbit holes, dude. But Hollywood has trained us to think in terms of good guys and bad guys. Yeah, it's yeah. life is not life is not that simple. We don't have. It's not like oh, Bill Gates is a bad guy or oh, Klaus Schwab is a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, I know I love lampooning these guys on Twitter, and they're they're kind of the figureheads. <laughs> but the really important ones you never see and you never hear about. And and yeah. they're, they're factions. They don't. I, I'm sure they don't all share the same goals. And well, um, now we so, forgot. We 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 forgot. We should have we should have set a poll for the next one, shouldn't we? Um, well, we can do that as as we get towards the end. Okay. Right. Um, I mean, we've hit the hour, mm-hmm. and we're pretty much there. I mean, there's some. Interesting stuff. I do want to mention Richard Tomlinson, uh, okay. who's a former agent of Britain's MI6, um, and he gave evidence to the French inquiry into Diana's death. Um, and in 1997, he served a six-month jail sentence under the Official Secrets Act for trying to sell his memoirs. And in 1998, he was arrested again at gunpoint in Paris at the request of the British government, who were concerned at his association in that city with MI5 whistleblower David Shaler, um, who's now been crap pound. Uh, painted as a crazy person, but he really isn't. Um, and he was arrested so, and jailed in Paris. Hold on, David Shaler. What the name's familiar? What what's his claim? Oh, my five whistleblower. Right. Okay. Um, right. You'd have to Google it. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't. Right, I can't right. remember the details off yeah, the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, but it no, was it was big you. news in the nineties. Yeah, got you. Um, and Tomlinson apparently told um, Herb Stefan, who was the judge in charge of the inquiry that Diana was murdered, and according to a report on BBC's, this is back on CFAX in August of 1998, he told the judge that Henri Paul was an asset of the British intelligence and was one of the bodyguards who remained, un- as was one of the bodyguards who remained unnamed. Um, but obviously, the judge concluded it was an accident. 
and the judge of the, I don't think it was a judge, but there was an inquiry, the Stephen, was it called the Stephen's inquiry or something, into Diana's death, and he said it was all just an accident and drunk uh -huh. drunk driver and nothing to see here. So that's inquiry, um, that Stephen's inquiry was was um, was conducted in the UK? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me, I think it was John Stevens or Stephen, possibly. Um, sorry, my notes are a little bit all over the place. But one thing that I didn't mention is that Diana had actually written a note to a friend right. saying that my husband is planning an accident in my car, brake failure, um, and yeah, so he can marry Camilla. Interestingly, um, Camilla was involved in an accident as well. What? Um, yeah, there was, let me just pop this up. This is one of the, um, yeah, it was a few, uh, the time, hang on a sec. These are notes that I made. Um, yeah, basically it was a very similar accident a few years, um, late, early 2000s or something. Um, and it was it, it, supposedly, rumour has it, that a branch of MI5 decided that taking out Camilla would solve a constitutional crisis that they found themselves in after the royal divorce. Now, that was in a book called Diana the Hidden Evidence hold by on. John King and John Beveridge. Right, right. Hold on a second. Let's note that Diana's written here, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll, she did write this note. This is her note, yeah? Yeah. Right, so it says... My husband is planning an accident in my car, brake failure and serious head injury in order to make me something... Oh, to make the path clear for him to marry somebody. Not Camilla. It says Camilla is nothing but a decoy. Who's that? Tig B or something? Is that one Tigs. of his polo things? Is that one of his polo chums? No idea. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. This was, I wanted to find the, the most complete piece of this note that I could in the pictures. Um, so I haven't gone into any detail about Camilla That's being so a decoy, but she's going to be queen. So I don't think she's necessarily a decoy. Um, uh, oh, Ben's, Ben's now questioning the note. <laughs> <laughs> The Daily Mirror is questionable, so I mean, look, these these are things that I found that I find interesting, and everyone. We is don't need confirmation, Ben. We're talking about it. something that's been published in the mainstream media, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this so is this they, is all. They need to confirm it or not. So they've already published us, so we can comment on it to our heart's content. They've published it. They've verified that as as Diana's. Uh, Diana's note so we don't need to go and look into it um, one other thing to mention is that the Pont d'Armartana is also um, it's on the Rose Line so there's, it, it falls on the ancient meridian of Paris mm -hmm. um, and the, that is sometimes associated with geomantic theories involving energy lines ley lines um, it's also connected to several monuments in Paris Um and if anyone's seen the seen or read the Da Vinci Code, um, that covers an awful lot because that holy bloodline 
is kind of what we're talking about here. And, and Diana was basically connected to that. Um, and so it's kind of nearing the end we've got. That was just this amazing picture. That was literally just the cards and flowers that people were leaving for her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, for, for those of us who lived through it, um, I didn't necessarily go up to London, but it was the outpouring of grief was just phenomenal because Diana was always the most popular royal. And I think she, she carried the royal family along ever since the wedding. Yeah. Her energy and her light was basically, they, they kind of fed off it in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reaction of the royal family when it happened was, I mean, the queen basically had to be shamed into saying anything at all because they just went off to Sandringham and didn't say anything. Yeah. The queen. Um, and they were saying it's, it's out of respect and all this kind of thing, but they really had to be pushed as you can see from the two headlines, um, from the Mm -hmm. mainstream media. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's affairs. These are two couple of slides about Hewitt and Manicky. That's the, I'm not sure if that's the guy you saw in the teacup, but again, think, it's I don't think it was mainstream him. reports. Yeah. Um, and we're pretty much at the end. I mean, that's the the rest of it is kind of history, as they say. I mean, there's there's talk of there's, there's the the white Fiat Uno was supposedly owned by a journalist called James Adnanson, um, and he uh, was supposedly committed suicide. He'd been following Diana closely um, in the week before her death, um, and he was found to have committed suicide when his burnt corpse was found in the wreckage of a car in the French countryside. Um, And the fireman who discovered him, a guy called Christophe Pellat, Mm-hmm. Um, has said, I saw him at close range and I'm absolutely convinced he'd been shot in the head twice. Um, and, I mean, Mohammed Al-Fayed, is, he spent years and years and years um, and a lot of money trying to investigate this. And my my personal theory is that he, and this is speculation, I don't want anyone to sue me, I'm just talking out of my rear end, as usual, um, but I think he wanted in on the elite and I don't think he necessarily realized that his son was going to be part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he did the gift of hindsight meant that he kind of lost it a bit and he was, I mean, he was trying to get to the bottom of it for years and years and years. I, I'll be um, honest. I kind of think, I think Diana sealed her own fate when she started going out with Dodie. I agree. I think, well, I I think on some level her fate was sealed for her before she got married. Yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily think that anyone thought of but bumping she, her off. Yeah, I've, I mean, yeah, I mean, she was going to produce the heir to the throne and then the spare. And then if she kept her head down and not been, if she hadn't turned into the icon that she became, right? She yep. she would just she would have probably have lived her life as Charles's wife, and he would just have kept you know popping off Camilla, and yeah, nothing and would ever have come off it. You know, that wasn't her. 
I mean, that, that, that totally no. wasn't her. No, it wasn't. And I mean, she wanted the fairy tale. Um, even one of her, one of, one of the, the, the ladies who was interviewed, it was her, one of her spiritual guys, yeah. um, said that she, she just wanted to do what normal people did. And she just wanted, she fell in love too easily. And it was too easy to manipulate them, manipulate her, first of all, into falling in love with Charles. Yeah. And then falling in love with Dodie. Yeah. Um, but you you just get the sense it's it's this picture. I mean, she's she just comes across as just a genuine, warm-hearted person that just wants to yeah, be loved yeah, and have so. a family and all of those good things. Yeah, I think I think she she she's very much the victim in this. I think. Um, I, I I mean, people people love the Queen and all that, but I I think I think the Queen had something of her mother in her as well. I think so too. I think that the Queen was, she was also of a completely different generation. I mean, by the time Diana came along, the Queen had been on the throne for decades. Yeah. And her her whole outlook on life, her, her upbringing, her training, how she was taught to be Queen, her own, I mean, because the Queen had her own issues because she was never supposed to be Queen because her, no, her no. dad was only only became king because of of the abdication that's right yeah yeah that's right um and i mean it's it, it's a fascinating story and i mean we could go on and on for hours um and so, i tried to so on saturday on saturday 74 years later you know not since diana died but 74 years after he was born Charles is actually going to ascend to the throne. Mm. It's um, yep. it's been a long time coming. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he's thinking that too. I mean, it's <laughs> it's an interesting one because I I'm not sure that the, the royal family's ever really recovered from Diana's death. And no. I mean, if you if you sort of you see the the difference in reaction between the Jubilee and the coronation and, and admittedly the economic state in the country is a lot worse and people have got a lot less money and that yeah. kind of thing. But the, the enthusiasm that people have that doesn't require any spending any money that people had for the Queen's Jubilee. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like it's there. The country, the country genuinely doesn't feel like it's preparing for this massive celebration. No. Did you see the um, well? Do you see the amount of um, impromptu events that have been cancelled because nobody's going to them? Nobody's signing up. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen quite a few of those on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. I I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of ambivalent. I mean, I have two because I'm half Dutch and half English, so I have two kings. I've got I've got King Charles, um, and Koning Willem Alexander. Mm -hmm. And yeah, one one of them's orange and one of them's red, white, and blue. And it, it's I don't. Yeah. They were both, to be honest, they were both forcing me to, or not forcing me, but they were encouraging me to get the thing in the thing that they were all supposed to be getting. And and that for me is kind of a yeah. a line. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was the Diana rabbit hole. As I said, there's so much more that we could have covered and. I'm just sort of a bit conscious of time. Um, but yeah, I mean, if anyone's got more questions or they want further sources of research, um, 
then feel free to shout me out on Twitter. And yeah, I'm so um, Shalini, happy to, um, Shalini asked help. the question. Um, yeah, no, let's take some questions. So Shalini asked if you could recommend any books for her on the subject because she, she's not on Twitter. So obviously, um, if you send them to me, I'll make sure that they get to Shalini somehow. Yeah, sure, Shalini. Thanks for the question. Um, yes, there are definitely some books that I can um, find for you. I mean, if if you're not on Twitter, I have a Telegram channel as well. You can find me on Telegram as Ed the Techie too, oh, think, so you can always yeah, shout think, me out on there. I think Shalini does um, Telegram. Yeah, there was one that I mentioned. Oh, where are we? Hang on. There is one that I can. Yeah, Diana the Hid the Hidden Evidence. John King and John Beveridge. Uh, let me just pop that one up. Yes, yeah, so Shalini at the moment says, I think the monarchy's finished. And I think I think you're right, Shalini. I think, um, but it's going to be a long, slow death, much like the fall of Western civilization, that I firmly believe we are actually living through at this moment in time. That's the book on the screen. Cool. And I, I mean, I have to agree. I, I think that it's the, the royal family just doesn't have the same, the same lure. I mean, people are, people are really critical of it. I mean, everyone's struggling, and yet the the taxpayers mm -hmm. are having to walk out for a massive coronation and golden coaches, and it's it's yeah, it's it's just lost something. It's yeah, it's and I I think it was that magic. I mean, part of the magic died when Diana. Died. Yeah, yeah, and then a whole lot more died when Charles died. Uh, not Charles, sorry. No, when Whoa. when Queen Elizabeth died. That's a died. prophecy. This is a prophecy. No, it's not. Sorry. Oh, crikey! If he doesn't make it to the coronation on Saturday, you're in the frame, Ed. Mi six will be. Oh, sorry, not six. Five will be around. <laughs> and they'll probably both be after me if that happened. Crikey! No, nothing to do with me. Nothing at all. <laughs> Um, so, does any are there any other questions? Do do people have? Pardon does me? the audience have any questions? Uh, any questions from the troll room? If not, I think we'll start wrapping up. But yeah, well, well don't worry, um, Shalini. We'll get the book. We'll get the book to you, um, or through Vaughn or something. But no worries to that. Um, Shalini says she's going to try and find you on Telegram. Yeah, no, that that's cool. So I'd, um, I'd I'd like to thank. I mean, thirty-two people watching right now. That's something of a a, a good result there, Ed. That's awesome. I hope everyone's enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, I think so. It's getting better and better. So, um, the question is, what are we going to talk about next? Well, why not let? Because I know Shalini's one of your. Um, one of your regular viewers. Huh? So, why not let Shalini pick well, something? Yeah, okay. Or suggest something. Yeah. Or we have some audience suggestions. Any suggestions? Any suggestions from the audience? You've got... I mean, I'd like to cover the 7-7 seven, seven bombings. That would, would be my, really? The 7-7 seven, seven bombings? That would be my, my addition to the list, because right. the 7-7 seven, seven bombings are... They're, okay. a, they're a kind of British 9-11. Yeah, they kind of are, I suppose. Seven seven. Um, what did we? What was the two things that were on that were fifty fifty on this one? It was. It was either Freemasonry, Freemasonry, or Diana. Or Diana, yeah. Um, I mean, we could do Freemasonry. We could do the poll on Freemasonry, or seven seven. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and it would be things, kind of... Uh, one of the ones I'd like to look into a bit is um, Admiral Byrd and his expedition to the Antarctic. Well, you haven't chosen rabbit hole, John, so why don't we do Admiral, Admiral Byrd? Yeah, well, yeah, because you, you know how he, he, he took off with with basically a navy in tow mm-hmm. to, to investigate the Antarctica, and he came back early. Uh, yeah, and there's some very interesting yeah. Yeah. stories that have cropped up since yeah. since okay. then. Admiral let's Bird, do that. Said. Right. Admiral Bird, excellent. Admiral Bird. Yeah, let's do that one. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for attending this, and particular Ed for his illuminating discussion on Diana. And, um, and it, it's been a bit of a sad story because... I think I don't think anyone had a really bad word to say about Diana. To be fair, not no. Even I'm if not, you don't like that was the, genuine. Yeah, even if you don't like the royals, you know, she, there was nothing. She she was kind of in that in between zone, wasn't she? You know. Well, she transcended both. Yeah, that was yeah, what. And but she trans. I think she kind of that was that's a nice way of putting her because she she managed to transcend all different levels because she could get she she could talk to little kids yeah. she could talk to AIDS patients she could walk around a minefield and yeah. and like talk to like african babies and and all of the pictures that you see see of her in situations like that you see this genuine caring person yeah and yeah i i mean it, it's she's one of those pe- people that has that still all this time later still has a mystique about her yeah yeah, I think she does. And I'd like to thank you, Ed, for this one. It's been great. And um, I've thank thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes, it's been really good. I love doing these podcasts, and I look forward to the next one. So, everyone out there, next time we'll look into Admiral Bird and Antarctica. So, um, with that, it's good night from me, it's good night from Ed, and we'll see you in round about a month's time. Yep. Take care. Inshallah. It's been great <laughs> for you. See you later, guys. <laughs> Yeah.